Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. Doing pretty well today, all things considered. So, yeah, it's Friday. (laughs) Every day is Friday. What are you talking about? (laughs) Every day is the weekend. I don't even know what day. Uh, If it were not for Instagram hashtags, I would not know what day of the week it is. uh, That's where I'm at. So you don't you don't look at your watch or anything like that. I don't have it. I mean, I can see the date, but I don't know what date. I don't have any day date. Maybe this is an incentive to buy a day date watch. There you go. Any excuse to buy the watches. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a very exciting show today. Yes. We, um, we have a guest that we've both wanted on for a very long time. Um, we both very much admire and that is Miss Kara Barrett from Houdinki. Hi, guys. Kara, how are you? Happy to be here. Thank you so much. We are so excited. Like, um, beyond excited. Oh, me too. <laughs> a ridiculous, nerdy, like, girl crush level of excited. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> I'm just a regular old person. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh. oh, my gosh. Well, y'all are so sweet. I'm so excited to be here. So it's the, I would say it's the perfect time to chat about watches and catch up with you gals and just I don't know just happy to be here yeah we um you know with all that's going on we've had a lot of people reach out to us who have a little bit extra time that they normally wouldn't have and so we've got a bunch of interviews scheduled and then we thought hey let's let's, let's just reach out try to let's Why let's not? see let's see if she's you know what, what she's up to so um no yeah we were so ecstatic that you messaged us back and and you're you're on the show today so yeah, of course well I have unlimited time these days <laughs> like most people I'm not leaving the house so you guys caught me at a great time no travel so I'm uh, I'm happy to be here and happy to be chatting with you on a Friday afternoon and it is Friday I know that it's hard to keep track but it's definitely it really Friday. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really oh, is. Awesome. And you should get a day date, sure. but that's just, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what the economy's going to do um, before I start my watches. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to hold off on that. But in hindsight, now I know that for future watch collections, I need to find a day date. It would mm-hmm. be a very practical complication. So Exactly, um, it's practical. <laughs> That's what I'll tell myself. That's what I'll tell my bank account. <laughs> I need this. What are you talking about? The funny thing about like the day date complication to me, like the reason I love it so much is just because it is kind of pointless, but it's also very useful, like in a really weird way. And so I find that kind of like charming about that watch because it's like, who actually needs to know what day it is? But sometimes you do. So why not? No, sometimes you definitely do. Like it's like a tuesday and you think it's a thursday i mean we've all done it yeah for sure (laughs) and fortunately for people who work the same shift no matter what day of the week it is my shifts change so i need to it's true yes so there's been a time or two that i've shown up for work at nine o'clock in the morning thinking it was tuesday and really it was Mm. wednesday and i didn't come in till 12 30 so yeah it's a practical purchase i think i'm adding it I got this. 
Um, but yeah, so Cara, I don't know if you know this, but we did our, so we just did our 50th episode and you were actually, somebody had asked us a question on dream interviews and you were like one of our people because we've both admired you for so long as women in this hobby. There's not a lot of women in this hobby. And then there's not a lot of female voices coming out of the hobby either. Um, and I think you're definitely kind of what probably inspired, you know, Kat and I to really kind of push forward it and do something like this as well. Um, just because seeing more female voices and seeing how things have changed over the years. Um, so we're super excited to have you on. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to chat with other, as you said, like there are like not very many women in the industry. So it's always exciting to me when I see new people coming up. Um, and I know that when I first started, it was kind of well, it was kind of difficult just because it was intimidating and I didn't really know many other women in the industry, even though they were there. So it's just, it's an honor to be here and I'm just happy to be chatting watches. So, <laughs> Well, um, for, I don't know, I guess some of our listeners may not be so familiar with you. Do you want to give kind of an introduction and then we can just kind of chat and hang out? So my name's Kara and I've been working in the watch industry for about eight years now. Um, I started off at Sotheby's in the watch department there and then started working at Hodinkee about five years ago as a uh, well, I started with no title, but I jumped in on the edit side because that's where um, we needed the most help and the most work. So I started writing for the site. I was not a trained journalist. I was not even, I did not even consider myself a writer or a good one at that. And somehow I just kept at it and I still wouldn't say I'm a good writer, but some people like it. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll try keep going. But um but yeah, and so now I, I kind of do a lot of different things at the company. I uh, manage all of our limited editions, uh, all of our special projects, kind of like one-off pop-ups or things like that, brand building initiatives. I work on those as well um, as social media, which there's a lot going on, and then, you know, still writing when I have time. So it's been um, a really interesting trajectory for me, and I, I've really enjoyed it, and I really love getting to know everybody in the watch community and learning about watches and I'm still learning about watches. And I think that's what's so nice about the industry is it's, you're always learning something new. It's not just right. a one and done. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I feel very, yeah, I feel very lucky to, to be where I am and to have had these opportunities. So it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I feel I feel blessed to have a job that I love. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And did you, I mean, did you have a love for watches growing up? Was that created later on when you were older? Or was that something that started when you were really young? Yeah, I don't have like a lot of people. It's I always used to be really embarrassed by this because like a lot of people would have like an exact moment where they knew they fell in love with watches. And for me, it was more gradual. Like growing up as a kid, I always noticed watches. My dad had a watch. My mom had a watch. They've always worn watches. And so I would always notice them. And it was always kind of part of my accessory group. Like I had a lot of swatches. I learned to tell time on a flick flack. Like those things were always in my life. Um, <laughs> and then as I got older, I, kind of, I remember I saw a Cartier tank ad in a magazine when I was like 16. And I was like, oh, that is a sick watch. I was like, that's like, if I ever get a watch, like that's the watch I want. And so I graduated high school and I was my my dad actually gave me one as my graduation gift, which I was very lucky to get. And so that's kind of what kickstarted it. And I just from then oh, nice. on just kind of like started learning a little bit more. But I didn't really learn 
the bulk of my knowledge until I started at Sotheby's and I really kind of was thrown in on the deep end because I was hired as a cataloger when I applied for the administrator role and I was like oh Oh. I was like okay sure I was like this will actually work better work out better for both of us because I'm (laughs) I was would have been a terrible admin um (laughs) (laughs) no your weaknesses right (laughs) yeah I was like contracts what um and so for me, I just really learned hands-on, like it was cataloging, you know, 300 watches per sale twice a year. So I saw the Graves, I saw this, the Titanium Collection, which was this insane, like, unique piece of, group of paddocks made for someone in the Middle East, made out of titanium, and then all these crazy things. And that's, yeah, that's where I kind of kickstarted it. So, yeah, I don't have, like, a specific moment per se. Yeah. But it's funny when I, like, look back on, like, why I was so intimidated and I'm sure you guys like relate to this like when you like are in a room full of like watch dudes and they're like I remember (laughs) when I first saw my like the you know sub 5513 and guilt and I'm like oh my god I'm like you remember that at age 12 I was like I don't even remember like what I was doing then so I always used to get kind of like embarrassed by that but that's my story so (laughs) no I agree I think some people have either like a really distinct story and then it is for other people it's just a very gradual thing yeah yeah. No, I have a theory that they're all lying. They don't they all just like <laughs> made up that story. <laughs> I mean, they could be for all we know, but you know, it's kind of like yeah. I think for me it's like I always had an appreciation for beautiful objects and beautiful things and I've mm-hmm. always been into clothes and art and jewelry and like really just appreciating design from that aspect and like watches were just like a really unusual thing where it's like, "Oh wow, it's like a machine that's also beautiful." Um and right. so that kind of I don't know, that kind of stuck with me. So Well, and especially your involvement at Sotheby's. I mean, you were, in that case, you got to be around a lot of really amazing watches at such an early, like, stage into getting into the hobby. Like, I could see why it would pull you in, because it's not like you're looking at every normal piece that would come through. You know, you're not looking at anything you can find even in a traditional jewelry store or AD. You're looking at, you know, some of the more rare pieces and things like that. So that would be so much fun, I feel like. Yeah, it really was. And I remember when I first learned what a uh, perpetual calendar was, and I, like, couldn't wrap my head around it. And I think it was, like, a 3940, (laughs) and the specialist from Geneva was in town, and she was teaching me about how watches work and it was like my first sale so I had literally no idea what I was doing and um so she walked me through like what a perpetual calendar was and I was like oh my god I was like that accounts for a leap year and she was like yeah and I was like that is wild like I just couldn't believe that something so small could do that um so you know things like that were amazing to kind of learn on hands-on and yeah. I think something that really helps with learning about watches is is going to see the pieces and touching them and handling them um, which is why I always advise people if they live you know near an auction house they should go to the exhibitions because they're free and you can look at everything and you can see everything because pictures just don't do some pieces justice so yeah but I can talk more. I mean, there's like one sale. It was my, my, I think my first sale. It was the Breguet Saint Petit clock, and it was this clock made by Breguet from like the 1700s, and it had a little pocket watch that sat on top. And we used to say it was like the original iPod dock because it would you put it on top, <laughs> and it would it would wind the watch and set it to the oh my to gosh. the same time as the clock. And that was crazy. That was so crazy. That is wow. so cool. Yeah. And that's what fascinates me, I think, about about horology in general, is just to see where, like, 
it is a it is a hobby and it's an industry that has made a lot of changes over the years. But even back in the 17, 18, you know, early 1900s, the stuff that was able to be accomplished, it it's ridiculous with such little machinery and tooling and things like that. Um, before industrialization, it's insane. And it is, it's so romantic to see like all of these things working and all of these components working together. Um, that brigade clock sounds ridiculously cool. Yeah, I'll have to send you guys. A, I can send you guys a link to it. I think it should still be up, but um, yeah, on, on the like, catalog. But it's it's really cool. And like even like the story of watchmaking by everyone in the Val de Joux, and like they got snowed in, so they all learned how to make watches. And we we were just there in January um, for some meetings and driving around. And it was the first time I'd really gone on my own to experience that part of the world. Um, I'd gone on press trips and stuff, but everything in Basel and SIHH, but those were all very um, specific trips. So like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of like do my own thing um so it was amazing driving through the valley and just kind of seeing every single manufacturer that you can think of just all together like all one big happy family oh, it's so cool yeah <laughs> that's amazing and then so you know you've been with Houdinki for five years now you said you know what are what are you talk about the trips you know what are some of the the high points for you like you've either visited or been to or events or anything like that that sticks out yeah I mean there are there are a lot of high points for the company itself just to have been part of just kind of launching you know mm-hmm. rebranding the edit side and really growing like when I started I was the fourth employee and now we're 55 and just kind of seeing that which is insane it really is and just seeing that growth and being part of it is just really inspiring um and so there's that aspect of it you know the business side and then for me personally I would say things like some of the stories I've written were really big milestones for me, like the sale of the Paul Newman. Um, I covered mm-hmm. that with my colleague Gray, and it was really, um, it was a really fun story to cover. And then I wrote the magazine story cover with Paul Newman about that, which I don't know if you guys have read. We didn't publish it online, but it's a kind of a different behind-the-scenes story about that watch. Um, and then the Senza Luna story was a big one for me because it, it was like the first time I felt like really like investigative and like digging digging <laughs> into like these like weird vintage stories there aren't that many but it's kind of once you find one it's just kind of like really just crazy um and then you know yeah just things like launching our e-commerce was a big deal and I helped launch the vintage site watches back in the day and that was a big deal and limited editions now it's like every single one i feel like is like my own like little child and I see it from like birth to to launch and it's really um special and it's really exciting to see everybody get so so excited about them and and buy them and you're just kind of like wow like I I can't believe like all that hard work and then and then you see it kind of go go out into the world and it's really nice so yeah lots of lots of of highs that's gotta be stressful yeah (laughs) oh my god it's so stressful yeah (laughs) (laughs) so stressful (laughs) I mean, everything has to be perfect. And so, you know, and then you have to, you worry that the people won't like the design or there's like something that you missed and you're like, oh, and so, you know, there's always a, the trolls out there that have something negative to say. Yeah, but, there's um, always the trolls. <laughs> but I try, sure. I try but you know what? Those pieces sell out in, I mean, what, the longest a couple of hours. So yeah. clearly y'all are doing things right. Yeah, no, it's exciting. So we're, every time I'm like, it's you're just like, it's kind of like when you host a party and you like, you have the guest list and you got everyone said they're coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, 
oh my god, what if no one comes to my party? Like it's a, it's like you have that moment right before it happens, and then everyone shows up, and you're like, oh, phew, everyone came, it's fine. Um, oh, thank so, goodness. Yeah, so that's kind of how I operate, but uh, but no, it's fun. I enjoy it. That's so funny. How did you uh, how did you get over to Hodinkee from working at the auction house? Out of curiosity. Yeah, I um, so I knew Ben through he, Sotheby's. He would come to our exhibitions and stuff like that and I knew Hodinkee and I knew who he was and he came to one of he actually poached me from Sotheby's he came to Ben Climbers <laughs> dealing employees <laughs> he came to one of our exhibitions and he was like yeah he's like um we're expanding and I was like oh okay good for you uh and he was like yeah and I was like okay and he said it to me and my colleague at the time and um and he left and I was like I could do that. I could work at Hodinky. That sounds like fun. Uh, and so I emailed him the next day and I was like, Hey, I was like, uh, you said you were expanding. Like, can we meet for coffee? And he was like, sure. But no, it was really, uh, it was very, you know, very serendipitous and it worked out for the best. So I, I it was kind of, you know, it was a big leap of faith, obviously coming from a big company like Sotheby's going to a small startup and I'm so glad I did it. Um, it was, yeah, it was a no brainer for me at the time and I'm glad that my gut was right. So for sure. Yeah. We're very glad Absolutely. you did it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in your experience, um, I mean, being a woman in the hobby, what do you what do you experience on such a major platform as Hodinkee? Like, I know we have our own experiences, you know, with our with uh, 10 and 2 and just personally. But um, I mean, how do you feel about women in the hobby and things like that as well? Yeah, I think there's the funny thing is, is like it. You know, when I started, I didn't even really think about women and watches like at all. Like it was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, watches, great. And then I kind of realized early on, I was like, oh, I was like, wow, I was like, there aren't that many, there aren't that many women in this hobby. And then slowly but surely, I feel like it definitely has grown though. Like we did a run on some For of sure. our stats recently, and it was like, I think when I started, our readership was like ninety eight percent male, and now it's eighty five. Um, oh, wow. Which is amazing. And so, I mean, and that comes down to a lot of factors. It's not like just like all of a sudden women started reading it, but like our, we have a, a lot of growth over the years. So we've like reached more people and therefore more women are involved. So I think it's really great. And I've just noticed a lot more women's magazines are including watches in their lines, lineups mm-hmm. and not just like ladies' watches or including men's watches. A lot of brands have like gotten rid of, um, men's and women's watches which is great so I think there's definitely a there's definitely a lot happening in the inclusivity of women and it's kind of like a weird argument because some some people get really worked up over it and they're like oh well you know like you make it sound like women aren't included at all and I'm like no it's not what I'm saying I'm just saying it's a it's a male-dominated hobby just because that's how it Mm -hmm. how it happened like I think right it's not necessarily anybody's fault it's just what happened yeah it's just like I just I just think that's how like the cookie crumbled like and men were just kind of more into watches and it just then therefore watches marketed more to men and therefore it just kind of grew and that's just how it is so for me I'm really I feel like very I'm very excited about the women I see getting into watches and like you guys having this podcast, I think is amazing. And I know that there are more women coming to our events that I meet and that they're really into it. And so it's, um, it's fun to see. So, and then you guys had the, um, so you did have the talking watches interview with Bethany as well, which was the first female talking watches interview. Yes. 
That was amazing. Yeah. I love her. It was. She is so, she's amazing. She was a Hadinky fan, right? Like, I heard you guys talking about on a follow-up podcast that she had reached out to you. So she's a, she reads Hadinky regularly? Yes, she was like, she's just like into watching. She she saw the John Mayer video and she was like, I love that. And so we started talking and then that was it. So it was amazing. Um, you just started casually talking to Bethany Frankel. That's so cool. I know, I know. She's really nice. Like, she's so nice. She's really funny. She's, like, razor sharp, like, seer- like working all the time. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, I really admire her. And, like, I, talking to her, she, like, is really in it. Like, she's really into watches. And she really likes finding them and hunting them down and finding things she likes and focusing on that. And, and so that was really – that was a peak moment for sure. I forgot to include that in my, my milestones at Houdinki. But um, – <laughs> no, that was a really fun one. And it has been tricky to find female collectors to do talking watches with. Uh, and so I, I, was, yeah. I was really glad to kick things off with her. Yeah, everybody's answer is Ellen, as though anybody can just call I Ellen know. DeGeneres <laughs> and get her to like put aside an hour or two. It's so funny. Um, I was like, Ellen. I'm like, no, we know. We know. <laughs> like, yeah. we know, but we can't get a whole, like, if you know Ellen's people, let us know. Okay, but good. Uh, so that's funny. so funny. Yeah. Um, who do y'all want to see on there besides Ellen? I mean, have you found have you found any other women kind of like celebrities that you notice that wear watches? I know Victoria Beckham wears a lot of watches, but yeah, and I'm sure that has something to do with you know her husband and and the Tudor relationship there with David. But like I. I don't know. And it is. It's like, it's a hard answer because like, there's not a lot. I know like Jennifer Aniston usually has like a watch on. She wears a lot of Rolexes too and sports watches. And, you know, Cameron Diaz has been seen with watches. It's just hard because it's like, are they just wearing a watch or are they like into watches? And you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. Well, and then there's, they're like a really high, not that, I mean, John Mayer is an insanely high level of celebrity, but he's super into watches. So that made yeah. sense. But you don't, like, who do you, how do you get a hold of Jennifer Aniston's people? How does that even work? So. I, I think you got to reach out to their publicist, but it's a. I imagine it's a real uphill battle to get her to commit to right. something like that. Because a lot of times now celebrities charge for stuff, so it's like. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's another thing that I've noticed with like the red carpet. Like, there's so many watch and jewelry brands on the red carpet now, but a lot of times it's all pay for play. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to kind of tell who's really wearing a watch or if it's their watch and. If it's not a brand, you know what I mean? So it's all very, except Rolex is the only one. Rolex is the only one that doesn't do product placements. So if you ever see a Rolex on someone, it's their own. Oh, I didn't know that. that. They don't have to. They don't have to. (laughs) They're all set. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. that's that's kind of cool though. I appreciate that actually from them. That's yeah. that's pretty neat. Yeah. They're like they'll they'll come to us. Yeah, they're only <laughs> exactly. the only ones that they do do are sports. So like those that their sports ambassadors are the only ones that they like give watches to wear. So like golfers and tennis players, like what's his name? Um, Frederick, Roger, you. Frederick? yes, yeah, yeah. Or okay, yeah, so like he's an ambassador, so he he has one, and they give him watches and stuff like that. But if you're an actor or an actress and you're like on a red carpet, it's not it's not pay for play. It's, their own yeah is there is there any other women that you can think of that like you might want to have on at some point yeah i mean victoria beckham is really the only one that i've ever really noticed wearing watches and ellen as well um 
I mean, there are definitely yeah. celebrities that I see who have like a Cartier tank on or like a Ro- like a Rolex, but I don't think that it goes beyond that. So it's always, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of tricky to know who has a ton of watches. Well, and I think that's one of the really neat things about the Talking Watches series is you guys are very particular about who you work with because you can tell in all of the... All of the videos, they these are genuine enthusiasts. They're not people who just buy watches as a status symbol or anything like that. Um, and I have a lot of respect for that. So yeah, it's probably much more difficult to find a, you know, people to to fill that. Uh, finding you know men in general to fill that, but then finding women who are so much less prominent in this hobby to do that as well. Um, so I I mean it makes sense to be picky and particular and take your time to figure out who. You know, who works well for the series so yeah no it's true i mean the watch community is so small as is so you're, you're right mm-hmm. Find, finding even a, gu- a guy that would be able to talk about watches in the way that our community and our readers resonate with is is already a challenge so um right yeah. but it's fun i mean it's i it is one of my fa- it's i think it's my favorite thing that we do just and we had a chat about this the other day with the team and it's just there really is such a nice human element to the segment. And I think Mm -hmm. it really allowed people to see the person behind the watches. And that's what makes watches so relatable. It's like, it's not the object itself. It's the person behind them. And so I think that that's something that the series captures captures really well. Exactly. It's the person and it's the story. I like, you know, everybody has a story behind most of their watches. Very rarely, you know, do a lot of people just buy most of their watches for no reason. Yeah. Um, A lot of times there's a story. So it's really cool. Yeah. The, the talking watches was probably, I'm thinking back, I think originally like that's, that's what drew me to Houdinki in the first place. I, you know, I saw the video on YouTube at some point looking at something and um, being already kind of into the hobby, it, it drew me to your site and then I became a reader. So it, it's definitely something that draws you in and, and it's done, your, the videos are done so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it, again, it is one of my favorite parts and you get to see, you know, especially if it's like an actor or someone that we only see in TV or in movies, you get to see a side of them that's not an interview. Like they're not on a talk show. Like they're just sitting there talking about something they're nerding out on and I love that. Um, it humanizes them very much so. so so I, I do love those videos a lot. Yeah. If we're going to do an audio talking watches with Cara Barrett, uh, what is what is your personal collection look like? If you feel oh, comfortable talking yeah. about it? Or? No, of course. Um, do you still have that Cartier that your dad had given you for your birthday? No. So, God. So oh, no. It was stolen out of a dressing room. Oh. It was, like, so heartbreaking. I, was, I guess I was, like... 26 or something young and irresponsible and I went into a dressing room to try on a dress and I took it off because the sleeve kept getting stuck and so I thought I put it in my purse but it must have slipped out of my purse onto the floor and I I left and I realized it happened I was living in London at the time and I ran back the next day like the first moment it opened and they're like oh no we haven't seen it and I was like oh what I was like but it was here I know it was here and she was like if you're accusing our staff of stealing like you can just leave and I was like oh my god so that was that um and I like sobbed for days and I felt so terrible about it but uh so that watch is gone I've since added more to my collection that's okay so it's just you know the first one is not here but it's okay um and so, yeah, so I have, I, as we were talking about day dates earlier, like I have a white gold, um, 1803. So I have that in white gold from 1968. And that was, um, one of my first like major watches. And I was, I'm still so in love with it. There's something so nice about the white gold and the 
PyPan dial is so nice and it just has stick indexes. It's really, really simple. And I like it because it still looks new. And I think that's something that's I love so much about Rolex's designs is, I mean, it's no secret that I love Rolex, but like their designs are just so mm-hmm. timeless and they change them so yeah. minimally that like mm-hmm. something from 1968 could look like it was made last year. And, um, and I just think that that's really like, don't mess with a good thing. Uh, so they have, they yeah. have that formula down. And then I have the black ceramic Daytona that I got. Um, oh, nice. and that was amazing. So that was for my 30th birthday. And, uh, I was on the hunt for it because it came out that year at Basel and I was like, Oh my gosh. And everybody wanted it obviously. And I was just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I want to get it. It's like so cool. (laughs) And, um, and I would, I was shameless. I literally asked everybody, every AD, (laughs) everyone. I was like, Oh my gosh, do you have it? Can I get it? And they'd be like, no. And then finally someone said, yes, I can't say who, but someone said yes. And I was like, (laughs) ah, and I like got it before a couple of the guys in the office. So I like felt really cool. Cause I like, (laughs) you're just walking around with it. (laughs) Like, Oh, this whole thing. Yeah. I was like, sorry. Um, and then I have a couple other things like a Grand Seiko or not a Grand Seiko. I have a Seiko that I got in Dubai with um with the Arabic numerals. Um and that's a day date also, but that was like a cool like thing to pick up over there uh for Dubai Watch Week. And then my AP. So I wear that all the time. Um I love that watch yeah. and I think it's really I I didn't expect to love it as much as I do. I mm-hmm. loved it when I got it, but I didn't think I would wear it every day like I have. Um, I just think it's like the perfect balance between um, dressy and sporty. And I just really, it just goes, I mean, if I can be totally frank, it just goes with every single one of my outfits. So I think that that's why I love it the most. And there's something so nice about the bracelet and the brushed links and everything is just so just sharp and shiny. And I just, I just love that watch. So it's also kind of ugly. When you think about it, like royal oaks are like kind of <laughs> ugly, but then but then they become really beautiful in a weird way. So I like the royal oaks. I don't understand why people don't like them. But if you think about it, if you saw it for the first time and you didn't know anything about watches, you'd be like, "That's a really Probably. weird watch." Like, why do people? Why is it such like a? Why is it such a cult icon? And then you learn about it, and you're like, "Oh, that's why." So then I think it becomes yeah. more beautiful. But yeah, so that's that's a little glimpse. I've got a few other things that can't really talk about but uh i got yeah. i got I, those are those are the highlights so those are those yeah. are the highlights do you know what those are good highlights <laughs> yeah those are right exactly yeah, yeah. I'm not those are really awesome highlights <laughs> um well so what i find interesting too is a lot of these are not what you would consider traditional women's watches yeah i don't think i have a women's watch like i'm actually thinking i actually don't think i have one um yeah I kind of want Very one cool. now, though. Like my my new thing is, I was like, oh, I want like a like a proper ladies' dress watch, which is like a mm-hmm. either like a gold bracelet watch, like a vintage one, like a Patek used to make really crazy ones, and then like I mean, obviously this is like carte blanche, like no money, no money matters, but like this is never gonna happen, and so like <laughs> and you know you kind of like dream of like what you could possibly get, and you're like oh, and then you realize how expensive it is, you're like. Mm. maybe i'll wait (laughs) maybe i'll wait and sell the kidney next year so it's um yeah so that's kind of what i'm on the hunt for now in my mind is like my dream dream would be have like one of those crazy bulgari serpentis from like the 60s like with the enamel scales oh wow but those are like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. so like bye (laughs) 
No, I think that that's really neat. Um, I just started getting into a little bit of vintage watches last year. Um, And those are my only female, like, ladies' watches are are the vintage pieces. Like, everything modern, I love. I mean, both of us were very much more into men's watches. And that's kind of, and we spoke about this a little bit earlier. You know, the thing with the industry is it's definitely lacking in a lot of, a lot of women's designs, but yeah, I think it's really interesting to have heard your collection. I don't know why I didn't that. I thought that you had more, like you had a stronger ladies watch collection. So yeah, I think, I think it's because I talk about diamonds a lot on the site. And so I think people (laughs) assume that I'm like only into gem set watches and ladies watches and stuff like that. But I, for my everyday, it just doesn't, that just doesn't resonate with me um, or my, or my style. Um, So it's, it's funny. It's like almost like there's like a Jekyll and Hyde. It's like, I have one personality that's like super into that gaudy and like over the top <laughs> stuff and then i'm the real me is like actually far more practical not that a royal oak is practical, oh no but <laughs> <laughs> i would agree i mean there are some ridiculously gaudy watches that i would love to have i think cat's grill watch yeah. don't you want the rainbow daytona i mean doesn't everybody yeah no i definitely <laughs> want that one. i want that leopard print <laughs> dial one that leopard print <laughs> dial is so amazing the- wait those watches are insane. They are so cool. Oh my god. Why not? I'm Everybody s- has that side that you would I would wear that with blue jeans and a t-shirt, whatever. Absolutely. Of course. Totally. Of course. No, and that's the thing. It's like I think once you see a lot and once you learn a lot about watches, you kind of like crave something really crazy or different. And so when you start seeing yeah, these mm-hmm. like wild gem set Daytonas or Submariners coming out, you're just like oh my god you're like that's a thing like you guys make that and it's just really <laughs> but the thing with Rolex is they're good at making that stuff like the stone matching is insane oh, yeah. and like they have their own minds and they like they really do a good job with that stuff so it's really um admirable as Rolex as has it... their own minds that's what I've heard I've heard they have oh my gosh I heard, I've heard they crazy. have their own like gold mines I feel like but I've also, like, heard there's something so many rumors about Rolex that you just never know if they're true yeah. or not. So don't quote me on that. Yeah, okay. Breaking news, yeah. Cara Barrett. <laughs> so we'll title this episode All the Rolex Secrets. Yeah, all the Ro- Rolex yeah. Secrets Unveiled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We get all the clickbaiters with that one. Yeah, totally. No, but I mean, you know, what you said is true. Like, if you look at me and Catelyn's collection, we, for the most part, we own men's watches. And, and it's not that I, like, seek men's watches. We just find watches that fit our personality and style, and they just happen to be advertised as men's. But I think, you know, like you said, there's like this little secret part of me that's like 10-year-old girl and then loves the diamonds and gemstones but you know no one would know that looking at my collection I've got all these sports watches and and you know sometimes can be very masculine but yeah I do I love that I love you know the diamonds and the gemstones and you know, the fancier stuff too but you know if I would wear it I don't know but I, I certainly appreciate it yeah. for sure no of course it, it's what makes the hobby interesting and and you know people ask me and Catlin all the time do we want to see more women's watches and Yes, we do, but then, like, we just want to see stuff we like, um, see, see stuff in, in sizes that we would wear. That's 
that's my main concern is like when I see a really cool watch and then it's 44 millimeters and I'm like shoot yeah well yeah that one's out and so that's why I do appreciate Rolex and like brands like Nomos where they make the same watch and they just make them in different sizes so it, it appeases a lot of different people but mm-hmm. it's the it's the struggle it's the struggle we deal yeah. with and it's okay no it's true <laughs> I mean it's true I think I think men's designs are just universally more appealing to a lot of people um and I think with women's design, sometimes it's some, there's always just something off for me. Like there's like, mm-hmm. you know, the typeface that they use for the numerals are just like not really what I'm into. Or like the dial has like a wavy pattern instead of straight lines. Like I won't name who that is, but like it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's just like, what, like why wouldn't you just keep it straight? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's all these like little things that that I think for women's designs, they get a little, I don't know. It's just not my taste, and so I, I agree. I, I they try a little too hard. Yeah, I feel like yeah, they're like we got to go really, really girly. Like we can't just make it, you know, more of a feminine piece. It's got to be like super girly, and I think that's where they just like ah, you got to just find that line. Yeah, no, but it's funny because like when you talk to a lot of these brands, they're like, oh well, like we sell women's watches like hotcakes all the time, so like they definitely really? have. A market for it so i think that there's just a smaller yeah. percentage of people like us who might be in between who are kind of like skew a little bit more to the masculine watches than quote-unquote masculine watches than the women's watches and so it just kind of i think it just i think eliminating having a men's watch and a lady's watch is a great idea i think just like keeping it as is i agree and I think that's fine and ap does that um, rolex does that so i think it just mm-hmm sticking with that plan makes it feel more accessible to those who might not fall yeah. into either category. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, brands say that they're selling more women's watches, but it's not necessarily that they're selling them to female enthusiasts. So again, like it, it's such a niche market anyways, women's pieces, but then you have like us who are really into the hobby and we don't want the you know the quartz or the all gold or the diamonds and stuff like that for our everyday life right um because we know more about it so we want you know typically the more mechanical side and 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 whatnot and a good movement out of it as well not you know just an edda base you know something like that that hasn't had a lot done to it you know we want something that's really strong and as far as the movement goes and that's where watch brands are missing um and i get it because there's not a whole lot of us so it doesn't necessarily make sense for them but then also there's you know the new trend in men's watches is to go smaller um so it's us and, you know, it, it's women who are really into this hobby and then men who are trying to go smaller with smaller wrists, things like that. And we're all just kind of in this neutral place. Like, why can't you just take that 42 millimeter watch that's amazing and make it like 38 or 37 millimeters yeah. for the rest of us? Yeah. No, and I think a lot of yeah. guys feel that way, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I think the watches have definitely gotten smaller and... I think that's a positive thing for everybody. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these brands have a bottom line and I think they have to make kind of make a call and doesn't always appeal to everybody. But I I do think that brands like Omega really listen to to the enthusiasts. Um, And, you know, with like the 321 that they came out with earlier this year, like they really do. They really do care about the base. And I think that um, it's it's interesting to see that. And uh, Cara, so like in New York, what what is the watch scene like? Do you see a lot of women wearing watches out there? Yeah, I mean, I, 
I wouldn't say I see a ton, but I'd say like half the women I see in New York wear watches. Um, and they That's range, a lot. And they range from yeah, they lot. range well, they range from like a Daniel Wellington to like a Rolex or something like that. So it really it really depends. Um, but I definitely am like trying to get I trying to get my friends into it and and convince them that. <laughs> If they can buy a nice purse, they can buy a nice watch. It'll last long. How is that going out of curiosity? Um, it's going okay. I've converted like okay. three people. But um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's good though. And uh, at the events we host, like our meetups and stuff like that, there are a ton more women who come. And they're also like the guys bring them. And that's always fun. And they kind of see how engaging it is. And the watch community in New York is really strong. And it's a really fun group. And it's always nice to see everybody out at the events and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, looking at the pictures that you guys post online, I mean, it looks like a packed house and uh, that makes me really happy actually. Cause I just, I like seeing a lot of people come together for watches and it always almost shocks me that there's that many people that are just like, Hey, let's go to the, you know, the opening of this or that. And, and I, I think it's really cool. Uh, I'm sure it's exciting for you guys when you're doing an event of whether it's a launch or just, you know, maybe a, a get together. Yeah, no, we, I feel, you know, I help put these together a lot of times, um, just like these meetups and stuff. And then we have kind of the brand side. So we do parties with brands and it's a kind of different scene. But um, it's always amazing to me. I mean, everybody is so nice and everybody really just wants to talk about watches and there are friendships that have been made. There are, you know, groups of friends that have been made and they're always showing up and everyone has a smile on their face and they just want to nerd out and it's nice yeah. and I think you know as you get older it's like kind of hard to make friends like let's get real yeah. like, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I think it's a really nice way for people to come together and I think that that I think that is actually what is at the core of Hodinkee and the watch community in general is the people I don't think it even is about the watches anymore like I think it's about the people you meet and the like the bonds that you you build through that so it's you know it's meaningful to me at least absolutely no i definitely agree well we didn't do a um a wristwatch check today oh oh yeah we're all thrown off this is i know we we usually do this at the beginning (laughs) cara has thrown us for a loop (laughs) (laughs) so you guys want to know what you want to know what watch i'm wearing today yeah Yeah, let's let's start yeah let's start with you um i am wearing a tudor uh, BB58. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, I really like these watches. They're so comfortable. Very, very nice. Is this like a, a test drive of it? Or are you just checking it out? No, it's mine. Um, I forgot to highlight oh, I forgot to highlight okay. it in the, <laughs> in the collection. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but yeah, but I got it earlier this year. It's just like, I think it's one of the best watches that Tudor's come out with. And um, it fits well and it fits everybody. And it, it's just really a great design it is that one is really perfect they they nailed it um i've i've owned one of the regular black bays and i found that it was like really big and bulky Mm -hmm. and then a friend let me borrow his black bay 58 and it was just perfect the guilt wasn't for me personally but i'm just like anxiously awaiting for tudor to come out with some other colors whether it's burgundy or blue or something um or green if they were really nice but (laughs) you and your green oh my gosh i'm dying for that green (laughs) But uh, no, it's it's such a fantastic watch. And I think it's like, I think it's going to be a classic. I mean, it's going to go down and, and just be one of these watches that you're going to see people wearing for so many years because it it's timeless. And, and they did what Rolex does um, with that piece. So that's a great watch. No, I love yeah, it. I agree. I agree. I'm sure they will come out with other colors. It's been such a, po- I mean, it's so popular that 
I think they would it, they would have to at some point. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I enjoy it. How about you guys? Um, I have my Planet Ocean on, so I have a 42 millimeter white Planet Ocean on a vintage OEM shark mesh bracelet. Ooh, um, cool. I love this watch. And I don't wear it a lot during fall and winter because I typically go more for like leather straps and I don't like this watch on leather. Um, but it's 80 degrees today, so <laughs> I'm, like, ready to rock out for spring and summer, though I can't go get a pedicure because the nail salons are closed, so <laughs> the struggle. This is the struggle. So your summer watch uh, will have to do. <laughs> summer watch will have to do. I can't, I can't rock out, like, flip-flops just yet or anything else. Well, I'm in my house by myself, so, yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that is what I have. Yeah, I, I love that Planet Ocean. And one thing, like, it's a 42 millimeter, but it does not wear, like, 42 millimeters at all. It wears really, really well. I love it. I always forget how much I love it until I put it on. Yeah. So. That's always it's a good just, feeling. It's like, I know. such a stark white dial, too. Yeah, it, it's, it's so white. And I bought it on the white rubber strap because I knew that I didn't want the bracelet that came on it, that I was going to get this vintage bracelet. And it's a lot of white. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it on the white rubber. Because I only wear it at the beach. I'll, I'll, the next time tomorrow, I'll, I'll bring it over tomorrow with the, uh, the white rubber strap. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of white. It's very Miami in that case. Yeah. Love that. Um, but what do you have? Um, we're in the Explorer today, the Explorer 2, um, the 16570 Polar Dial. I love yeah, this that. This is a favorite. Like a good choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like one of these watches, like, car with, your, you know, the Black Bay. It, it goes with everything. You just, like, throw it on without even thinking, um, which is what I do with half the outfits I wear <laughs> going out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, the perfect watch. You don't have to think about it, you know. Um, but I love it. You know, I love it because of that. I like that I goes with everything that I have and it's really durable and it's waterproof and um you know I always have this idea like oh I really need a watch that's water resistant and you never know like I could be like I don't know I feel like I'm gonna go swimming at any random moment I never do <laughs> but it but goes it through my head a lot in Nashville now, so. <laughs> that's true it does rain a lot it here so maybe time. it's worth it but I always think it's one of those funny things that I consider it so much, and it really doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, oh, I hope my watch is waterproof. It's going to, you know, get ruined. But, yeah, it's just one of these things that pops in my head when I'm buying a watch. And, you know, I do like it because of that, and it's got a screw-down crown and all of that. But at the end of the day, it could be, like, 50-meter water-resistant, and I'd be totally fine with that, But too. I think <laughs> that's how, like, the watch community is, because I remember I posted a picture forever ago of wearing my Speedmaster. Like, I got caught in the most horrendous rain so and I posted a picture when I got to my car and the comments were you know just you know you need to check your watch and, and make sure um that it doesn't have any water in it and, and things like that and you shouldn't have worn that and I'm just like it, it's rain y'all like yeah. it's still water resistant to 50 meters no it's fine it's those watches are tool watches they're like meant to be right <laughs> they're meant to be like used and like whether that's like falling in a pool or getting caught in a rainstorm like i don't think that's up but that's yeah no you we can't be say too, that you can't be too precious with your things you know what i mean because like, um, otherwise you have to wear I, them no because i deemed my bezel on my speedmaster so hard on my car trunk like Ooh. two days ago and i am devastated okay that's different some, <laughs> that's different it, it hurt like <laughs> And uh, I was telling my, like, my neighbor was outside and he heard me 
use some language. And he's just like, what, is the car messed up? And I said, I, I didn't even check to see if there was a scratch on the car. <laughs> We're like, worried no, about this dig in my bezel. <laughs> they see yeah. me outside taking pictures of watches. They know I'm weird. It's fine. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy how different we are about our watches. Uh, yeah. Then, especially that you know, for what they were designed for. That's why you don't see a lot of vintage Speedmasters and things like that in great condition. Yeah. Could you imagine actually wearing like your watch to go do manual labor, or I don't know, anything? <laughs> it's crazy. Like that's what a G-Shock is for, right? <laughs> Um, what exactly. is, what about Grail watches, Car? What, what is your, like, do you have a Grail watch? I mean, I have a Grail watch, but, like, it's a watch I know I'll never have, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But that's the fun part. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it's always been the 3448 in white gold, um, from Paddock. It nice. was their first automatic perpetual calendar. And I just always loved that watch. I remember when I first saw it at Sotheby's, I thought it was so cool, and the design was just so different and that's just always been it for me um but that is like a five hundred thousand dollar watch so like good luck to me um so it will uh it will remain on my grail list probably forever but do you have an achievable grail like something that you really like if you saved up all your pennies in the next couple of years you could probably get um let's see it would probably go back to, like, I, I really do want to have um, kind of one of those vintage Bulgari, not the scale yeah. ones, but the Tubagas ones. Those are a little bit more achievable. Um, so those are the vintage ones that used to have these, like, crazy little manual movements in them from, like, JLC and Vacheron. And sometimes the dials are double stamped. Um, so that's, that's always something that's been on my list. Uh, so That's fun. Yeah. That's super fun. So. Absolutely. Has your, so Cara, has like, has your family, have they, ch- I know like once I started really getting into the hobby, I have family members now that are like, they show me all their watches and they like, hey, can you help me find, you know, this and that. And I'm sure working for Houdinki, that has probably happened to you a time or two. Has your family gotten into watches more since you've started working in the hobby? Yeah, definitely. No, Um, my, my dad was always kind of like into watches in the sense that he like had one or two nice watches and now he's, he's really, really into it. Um, but he, you know, he's very particular about what he, what he wants and what he's looking for. And so there was one time where I had to, where I was helping him find something and he, he achieved it. And, uh, afterwards I was like, okay, I was like, I really think it would be a good idea if you, um, establish a relationship with an authorized dealer yourself. <laughs> I was like, because you're one of the more difficult clients I've ever worked with. I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, We're I, I love it's you for so the benefit much. of our relationship. <laughs> I love you so much. You're my dad, but I can't help you with this anymore. That is too <laughs> so, funny. Um, no, but he's great. And it's been fun, like, kind of seeing him get really into it. Um, and, you know, he bought, like, our. Well, actually, my mom and I gave him our limited edition IWC. For his birthday, um, I think like last oh, year awesome. or two years ago, and he really loves that, so he's been wearing that a lot. Um, so yeah, he just recently got a white gold sub that he loves, so he's really like, he's like, he like is really like, getting into it, yeah, he's it. really getting into it. Um, and so it's been fun, and like, it's nice to kind of see, it's nice to have him kind of, he'll be like, oh, what do you think about this, and like, what do you think about the value of this, and so it's been kind of fun to have that conversation with him. Um, 
but yeah so it's been good it's been no I think I think it's adorable like we'll, we'll have like family get-togethers and now everybody brings their watch over to me and they're like look what I'm wearing and I just think it's the cutest thing ever that they care and they care about like what we do and in our hobby and and it's just like this weird thing and I think if it was like anything else like person that was into cars like I don't think that would happen and it's just that it's watches and it's just funny and I I I do I love it's one thing I love about this hobby yeah no it's definitely I I whenever our swatch comes out I send my friends the links and I'm like hey this is live like this is a good Christmas present for your husbands (laughs) and so swatches are so cool I'm waiting on the 1988 one like (laughs) <laughs> the second that I'll comes take, out i'll take a mental note of that one but um please yeah. <laughs> crawl a text uh, but yeah so it's been funny because i then i'll like hang out with them and their husbands were wearing it and they'll be like look and i'm like oh my god i'm like that's so cool and they're like yeah i love it and i'm like yeah <laughs> So, but that's fun. No, that's oh, a that's lot awesome. of fun. Seeing more people get into the hobby because of like, like talking to them, it, it's so much fun. Um, I love getting the text from people that, you know, I just kind of barely talked about watches with a few times. And then, you know, now they have watch collections that are, you know, way cooler than mine. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, well, that's awesome. You're like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Let me borrow that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, remember that time? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, Cara, I remember seeing maybe a week or two ago, it might have been longer than that now, but on the Houdinki page, there was on, like on the Instagram, some pictures of like a photo shoot with some women and watches. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that an upcoming project? Yes. So our next issue of the magazine is coming out and it'll be out mid-May God willing. And there is a, we're doing our first um, female fashion shoot. So you will see oh, awesome. some, some cool women in the, in the magazine uh, this go round. So um, I produced the whole yeah. thing and it was really exciting and it was something I'm really proud of. So um, hopefully everybody else enjoys it too. So, no, I remember yeah, seeing I, the stories and they were fun. Yeah, the stories was like, yeah, I was like, oh, this looks badass. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited <laughs> it about looks it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. So um, you'll have to wait until you see the final product, but it'll be really cool. Yeah, well, hold, knock on wood that, you know, the issue and you guys don't have any hiccups with everything going on right now. Um, and it still comes out on time. Yeah, I was told it's still a go. So that's... Uh, that's what I've been told. So that's what that's that's what I'm hoping. That's for. what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we're going with. So, but I'll be sure to send you guys a, an well, issue when it comes out. Oh, thank oh, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. That's awesome. Of course. Something something good to look yeah, forward exactly. to. Exactly. Hopefully, you'll be out of your house. Since all by our movies, then. our movies are taken away. We have nothing fun to do anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> Speak internet. for yourself. Netflix has been quite entertaining lately. So. Oh my gosh! Have you guys watched? That's Tiger true. King? Tiger King, yes. Oh. No, I haven't watched Cat, it. Cat, you have it. to watch it. We need. I keep hearing that I need, need to. We need to okay. talk we- about weekend this. binge. It is. <laughs> I'm only to- halfway through, but it is crazy. It gets crazier. Oh I promise. I clearly. So I'm. I'm just off work. I don't even get to work from home. I'm just off. So I have nothing to do all day but watch Netflix. So yeah, it's insane. I binge watched it in a day and. I, I shouldn't be proud of that, by the way. I should go do other things. <laughs> no, I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people binge-watched it. Um. It was insane. And it just, if you're halfway through, I pro- oh, man, it just gets so much more crazy. I can't even deal with it. Like, you don't know how to explain it to people. It's weird. Yeah, it's really strange. It, and everyone's so passionate. They're like watch enthusiasts, but for cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
but like oh, definitely, I thought it was about a tiger. Well, exotic but for cats. big cats, yeah, exotic, exotic cats. cats. No, 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 okay. tigers and lions, and but mostly tigers. Interesting. So you have to watch it. Okay. It's it's all right. I'll I'll binge it this weekend. I have nothing else to do. So <laughs> Jonathan's gonna hate me. Like, why did you tell Cat yeah. to watch this? So Tiger King is number one right now. And then I've been trying to like, <laughs> I've been like painting and trying to like read and oh, you're like, so productive. Try, I'm trying, but this is like the first time I've like really focused on that because I'm like, you know, I'm like at home with my parents, so I'm like, okay. Um, so like I watch all my shows on my iPad, but I'm a big Law and Order SVU fan. So I've, I've pretty much seen all the episodes and I get really excited when I see one that I haven't seen. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's kind awesome. of, but I, what I, I'm trying to remember what I most recently, oh, the outsider is what I most recently finished. Ooh, I've heard yeah. that it's one's really, good. Really I haven't good. seen it yet. It's really, really good. Did you like the way it ended? Uh, I honestly thought the first half of the series was better than the second half. I thought it kind of, yeah. I thought it kind of trickled a little bit and got a little, a little slow. Um, yeah. But yes, I did like how it ended. Did you still no, really but good did show. you watch it all the way through? Like all the way through the credits? No. Is there something after the yes. credits? Oh. They did that I Avengers kind of thing. You have to Dang watch it. all the credits. You have to Oh my gosh, I didn't know HBO did that. Okay. I'll I have to go back and yeah. like watch after the credits now. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that probably wraps everything up. Right, Kat? Yeah. This has been so fun. It has been. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Extremely fun. Um, And everybody needs to make sure that they are following Hodinki and reading along. Um, Definitely following along with a lot of the videos and stuff, too. I'm excited to see that y'all are doing the live videos now again on Instagram. It's going to be so fun. And I love that Ask Me Anything series that y'all have been doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's been really cool. Oh, thank you. Because clearly we're all just sitting around doing (laughs) not much of anything all day. I know. I was like, what can I do? (laughs) I was like, to engage more people. How can I kill four hours (laughs) of life? (laughs) So I was like, what am I been? I've been on Instagram nonstop. I was like, so everybody else is. Uh, But you know, it's been really fun. Do you have your alerts turned off so that you don't have to see your screen time? Yeah, of course. I do. I did set it to like 15 minute max per day. And I usually run through that like before I even get out of bed. So that's like really embarrassing. Um, Shout out, by the way, to Instagram, because I like how on every holiday when everybody's off and posting online, Instagram like goes down for Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, everything. Instagram goes down, but they've really pulled through through this. There's not been one slowdown. No, it's Thank true. God. It's true. No, but the Friday Live should be definitely well. interesting. So tune in. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if the split screen works. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. And are you are you doing a lot of writing right now, Carl? Uh, more than normal because I have a lot more time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you'll be seeing my, seeing my byline on the site a little bit more during this uh, Awesome. So. Yeah, I've always, I, yeah, I've been a fan of your, your writings for a while. There's There was an article you did, oh, I think it was probably last year now, and it was, um, oh, man, I can't remember the actress's name in Top Gun. But you were talking about her watch. Oh, um. Yeah, the Top Gun article. That was, it was a lot of fun. I just, like, I remember laughing as I was reading through that, and it was just, it was fun. It was lighthearted, yeah, and that's, those are the kind of things I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, yeah. I was like, I'm going to write about this. Everyone was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want to do. Um, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, it's it's been a blast having you on. Um, like I said, we've been just so excited 
and to have you and and the fact that you said yes and came on the show today is is amazing thank you for having me it was a blast i had so much fun and um don't be a stranger i'm always around so we won't be now (laughs) we're gonna assume that we're all best friends (laughs) enjoy Uh, All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And make sure you head over to our website, www.tenandtwo.com. We'll make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Facebook at Ten and Two Media. And then we'll also have this podcast on our YouTube channel, Ten and Two. And that is all. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you later. Thank you again, Kara. Thank you. All right. Bye.